Hi, and welcome to the Hypnotizing Podcast. This is Dr. Liz, and this is the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. Today's interview is with Dr. Stan Hyman. And I met Stan at a workshop that I went to through the Florida Society of Clinical Hypnosis. Somehow I got on his newsletter, like, I don't know, a year or two before that. So I used to get his newsletters. I found them interesting. And then I was sitting down at the workshop and I turned around and this gentleman behind me said, hi, I'm Dr. Stan Hyman. And I said, oh my God, I'm on your newsletter. <laughs> like I've been on your newsletter for years. I love them. So we started talking and we could not stop talking. We both have a business background because I owned a company before I went into private practice and he owned several companies and we just talked and talked and talked about business and marketing and psychology and how it all integrates. So I really wanted to have him on the podcast to talk some about how he uses his business experience and integrates it with hypnosis in terms of helping people be better at business, better at sales. And he shares during the interview, he also works a lot with athletes. So he's using it for high performance. Like how do you get an athlete into the zone quicker, right? How do you up their game? And same for sales. Like how do you up your sales game? He also shares at the end some information about his business partner coaching business because when two people get into business together, there's all kinds of dynamics that come out. And sometimes they need a little help working those out so that the company runs smoothly. So let's jump in. Hi, Stan. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. So let's jump right in with the first question that I ask all my guests, which is what was your first experience with hypnosis? Well, actually, it was uh, in a non-academic setting mm -hmm. uh, many, many years ago in New York City and conducted by a kind of old-school hypnotist who uh, also had been using stage hypnosis all over the country, was kind of semi-retired. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, um, in uh, it, I lived in Manhattan, and he ran these classes for people who were interested in hypnosis, which uh, he conducted personally. Mm -hmm. and uh, had some great demonstrations given that he was uh, formerly a stage hypnotist. He had um, really a lot of flair and, uh, you know, um, kind of a stage presence. Mm -hmm. of, and so it really got me intrigued because um, the class that I took with him was um, a weekend-long class. You know, we Saturday, then we got back on Sunday. Uh -huh. uh, and he demonstrated by having one of the st students uh, maintain his arm out like steel, you know, levitation and uh, a complete kind of solid block of steel. And uh -huh. had uh, there was one young woman, I remember, he, this, this guy was about, uh, I guess, about six foot three or something, a very kind of large, tall guy. And um, he had... Uh, one of the smaller members of the group just hang from this guy's arm for a period. <laughs> that may have been like, I don't know, maybe two or three minutes. It seemed like forever. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, this fellow did not move. It was really quite amazing. So that was my first experience. Mm. Uh, yeah. So he was training in clinical hypnosis, but he's actually coming from a stage hypnosis background. Let me tell the listeners what a stage hypnosis is 
these performers that are often around the country and people, you know, buy a ticket to see them and they make you do sort of like crazy stuff, right? Like <laughs> stage yeah, hypnosis. Yeah, well, you know, stage very hip- different than clinical. <laughs> so, well, you know, stage hypnosis is, is very interesting because what it is is uh, you, you, one would think that it would be um, much more difficult to work with a, a crowd of people that are random. Uh, mm-hmm. However, with a stage hypnotist, what effectively you have a group of people, some of whom – are bound to be more suggestible and more interested than others. And and you find uh, very, very good subjects in, in that kind of group. But this fellow also did um, – uh, he worked with um, sports figures for um, uh, enhanced performance. That was an area that I was interested in. Uh, you were interested in sports hypnosis. Uh, yes, uh, that's what uh, got me interested in working with this fellow because he had um, he was one of the um, uh, he was training a number of people who were quite celebrated. One was uh, I don't know if your listeners uh, have any um, you know kind of boxing interest, <laughs> but uh, well, Mike Tyson uh, was one of his um, uh, one of his uh, clients uh, who he wow. trained. Um, uh, actually, quite well, because uh, Mike Tyson was uh, had a great deal of difficulty uh, in his early years, really paying attention to what was going on in the ring, since there was so much um, hoopla going on in, in boxing. Uh, uh-huh. So he trained them how to focus, and in um, one of the uh, kind of clips that he showed was uh, how uh, Tyson and a couple of other uh, people that he worked with, uh, a couple of football players, for example, uh, how their focus was improved by. Uh, hypnotic mm. means uh so it was quite uh, informative and um that was my first uh, go round right in manhattan very interesting and did you go on to work with athletes? i still do i still work with uh using hypnosis for sports enhancement or for uh performance enhancement if you will athletes uh-huh. and salespeople. You know, there was a study done in, I think, out of UCLA, and what what it showed in the study was that it's very interesting. Is that rejected when when someone gets rejected, it is felt in the brain almost as if uh, there was pain, physical pain. This this accounts for so many salespeople, for example, who uh, feel really afraid of or, or actually almost hurt in quotes, if you will, when they get rejected on the telephone or they re- get, re- get rejected when they make a sales call. So one of the uh, y- one of the ways that I use hypnosis working with people like that is to help them to detach from that feeling, you might say, and to mm-hmm. uh, focus their attention on this whole process not being personal, uh, but more of uh, a kind of a, um, uh, on the one hand, connecting with whomever it is they're talking with, but on the other hand, disconnecting their emotional, uh, the emotional impact if they're not accepted. And uh, that's kind of an interesting idea how brain science kind of works to explain why people are so reluctant to do things like sales, for example, which... That's really interesting because there's often like these fantastic salespeople who really excel. And do you think those are the people that naturally have figured out how to do that? Versus there's another level that perhaps needs some hypnosis to be able to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. some additional aid there. Or, you know, do most of them suffer from that at some point? 
Well, that's a good question. I don't know if most people suffer from that, but I think that most people would agree that um, the if, if, in fact, sales is a profession that you've chosen, uh, that's one of the big hurdles is to really get past the idea that uh, there will be more people than not who will be saying no to you mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh and they they don't they, they they don't dislike you as a person per se or uh but they just may not be in the market for what you've got to uh, show them at that moment so yeah the great salespeople are the ones i think that have learned this and uh somehow integrated into the way in which they conduct themselves and i might add as a result i think that their demeanor the way they the, the way they present themselves then gives the person that they're working with a, a feeling of more confidence. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of presence that somebody who is not fearful has uh, versus yes. the, the smell of uh, fear. Yes. <laughs> that might have, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So I imagine this is a natural, it's a natural fit for you because you owned a company for how many years? Can you tell our listeners a, a little bit about your business background in that aspect before yeah. you became a therapist? <laughs> right. Well, I've had uh, I've had a few startups. Uh, the last one I owned and um, uh, got left uh, was one where I had about fifty employees, and the the focus of the company was um, uh, in the uh, energy control business. Part of uh, I was a um, a distributor for the three. 3M company uh, in New York City, uh, mm-hmm. and we would uh, sell and install kind of large systems like lighting, for example, uh, or kind of glass conducting uh, equipment, things of that nature. And my job, my I had two partners, but my job was to go out and uh, make those so sales. Was part <laughs> so. of this hypnosis workshop that you took, did you find that you began to use those skills for yourself initially? Immediately. Immediately. Hmm. Yeah, immediately. What does that look like? Does that look like listening to a hypnosis file daily or, you know, one time over a week? Like on a practical level, what does it look like? On a practical level, it's a little bit like, for example, um, and I I, I guess I was going to um, kind of bring this up a little later, but I think it's now a a good context time for it. Everybody knows, all of your listeners probably know about the, the term visualization, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just to clarify, visualization is really kind of um, whether you can sense, visualize, or imagine a picture in your mind, even if you can't, even if you're not so pictorially endowed where you know very well how to picture something if you're not so visual. But if you can imagine uh, a, um, a visual that then brings you into a frame of mind that you would like to achieve. So you kind of snap a picture in your mind about where it is that you would like to be or what you would like to achieve. So that's that's a hypnotic exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, To do that on a daily basis really just requires some focus and some intention. Uh, The other thing is this, is that most of your listeners have had the experience of having a problem that they cannot solve or they're not able to solve it right away. So it, it kind of mulls around in their mind and then they say, you know something, I'm going to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that when you go to sleep at night, what you think about the way the brain works and the mind works, it, the, if you think about the brain as being the most magnificent computer ever invented or developed, you know then that like a computer, it has uh, these kind of 
these programs that are working in the background. And when you think about a problem that you have, just by thinking about it, and perhaps um, I usually do this be, if in fact I'm working on something, I might do this before I go to sleep. This is a tip for your, for your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I might think about that problem in a very brief way. In other words, I, I write it down in a brief declarative statement or mm-hmm. perhaps a question, but it's brief. I just stare at that for just a moment. And then I just put it out of my mind and maybe I'll read a book or whatever it is that I do before I go to sleep. But uh, that's an exercise that I do. So what happens then? So if you think about it, when you go into your computer and you go into a program and you're searching something or you go into Google and you're searching something, when you send out that signal to search, when you hit the send button, Google's incredible algorithms will return to you that which you are seeking in some form or another. Well, likewise, when you think about something before going to sleep and you put it in a particular way, kind of systematically, then your brain will work on this whether you're aware of it or not. And at Mm -hmm. some point, like most people have gotten, they go, they have a eureka moment, maybe the next day or two days later, they go, oh my goodness, boom, a light bulb lights up and suddenly you have the resolution to your problem. And that's uh, the kinds of things that are tips for your, uh, your listeners because those are the kinds of things that I started doing right away years mm-hmm. ago and continue to do today. Oh, okay. So on a practical basis, you're saying that's part of setting the, the brain up to work. Like that's part of self-hypnosis, quote unquote, it's mm-hmm. slash visualization, really. Correct. Correct. Okay. Got it. And when you're having someone come into your office and you're working with them around sales performance and, you know, increasing that confidence they have when they're meeting with someone, I'm assuming you're doing like in session hypnosis and suggestions for that, but you're also giving all these tools for them to use at home. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because if they're in, if they're, when they're in the office, you know, one of the things about hypnosis is that can easily be taught frankly, that is mm-hmm. to say, for yeah. someone to use, and you know that very well, you, you probably train many of your clients in using the techniques so that they Absolutely. can make use of it themselves. Yeah, I teach all, like a handful of techniques pretty quickly. I teach a technique within the first session or two that they can take home and use pretty much at any time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, that's pretty much, I do the same thing. And mm-hmm. uh, if it's, um, uh, you know, with regards to anything specific, whether it be, you know, performance enhancement, whether if you're working with an athlete, for example, one of the things that, that I want to help the athlete do. So for example, if I'm working with a, with a golfer, let's just take a golfer, uh-huh. uh, because these are all kinds of, uh, experiences that I typically might have in any given month or year, let's say working with individuals. So let's say if I'm working with a golfer, one of the problems with people who play golf, that is to say people who want to really, you know, perform well at golf is that if they have a bad day or a bad let's say they're the 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 prior hole they did poorly they -hmm. want to be able to forget that so i'll try amnesia so that they forgot all about the past hole Mm -hmm. so when they're approaching let's say hole number three or whatever it is they have already forgotten hole number two and so the whole idea is to keep your mind clear so like any athlete wants to be in a zone whenever Mm -hmm. they're playing and that's what uh, you, it's the same kind of space you want anybody who's looking to perform at a higher level 
to be in a kind of zone where you don't have to think very much. You uh, kind of rely on your uh, kind of um, a new pattern of, I don't know, call it muscle memory, if you will, that you you have learned to um, yes. achieve yeah, practice. Yeah, people call that the flow, being in the flow, being in the right. zone. Mm-hmm. And it's a particular feeling that you even get. If I know I've, I've experienced that. Most people have, in particular in relation to sports, but sometimes music, art, those type of um, immersive activities, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. So you're saying hypnosis helps them get there faster is what you're using it for. Like, let's put you in the flow. Let's put you in the zone instead of thinking about like the last five errors you made. Exactly. That's wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. amazing actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, when, when it works well, people are really very happy because they're able to shed some of the distractions that have previously uh, cause them to feel kind of incompetent maybe or just not being able to kind of uh, get to a point where they were hoping they could get or make as much money as they want to make, uh, be chosen for a team, you know, all these kinds of things that uh, that cause people to feel less than. Um, you can utilize these strategies and hypnosis is certainly a good tool for that to enhance a person's life. Right, yes. So you've worked with sounds like all different levels, like amateur athletes, even higher level that want to go pro perhaps or be chosen yes. for something. Yes. And also um, bodybuilders as well. In other words, people who, cause that's, you know, a whole, I'm, oh. I'm a little bit of a gym rat myself. Uh, I a fitness buff. Uh-huh. And so um, a number of uh, clients have come to me over the years have been kind of high level, you might say amateur uh, bodybuilders that are looking to get into. Um, and one of the problems with uh, just as a sidebar here, one of the things about, uh, about bodybuilding, if you uh, want to pursue that is, that you really need to six weeks, roughly six weeks before an event, you you need to lean down. And leaning down requires a really Mm -hmm. strict, strict diet and to, to shred the, you know, and to get to a uh, kind of a body fat index that's ridiculously low. During that time, by the way, you become a little bit snappy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, irritable. You you don't eat, you (laughs) can become snappy. So so if you have a spouse or a significant other that's living with you, uh, he or she's got to really be uh, kind of in the groove with you. And um, part of uh, the focus there is learning to um, kind of stay on task, which is part of what we do working with some of these athletes uh, around their diet. Because I use uh, – I use um, hypnosis mm-hmm. as well for behavioral modification like um, used to be a lot more sm- smoking cessation. But, you know, weight loss, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for them, it's to keep them focused. Because, I mean, you know, when you're going to that restricted of a diet, you also lose concentration and focus sometimes. So you're saying part of the task is to keep them focused, to keep them less irritable, to keep them thinking about their real goal there. Right, right. And then we throw in, uh, there's a number of different strategies to when we're working on food, for example, whether it be somebody who's trying to lose weight or uh, somebody who's, uh, you know, having a, um, uh, has got a compulsive eating disorder, that type of thing. 
I don't necessarily mm-hmm. specialize in that, yeah. but um, there are people who come to me who want to change the way uh, they they view food. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I use hypnosis for that, yes. and along with a bunch of um, um, strategies that are cognitive tools uh, that, in other words, people can think about these things and they can they can use them. They don't just have to be in trance. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's not just trance. It's not the hypnosis in session, but it's yeah. these tools outside of it as well. Wonderful. I'm going to jump back to when you took that seminar, were you at that point already thinking about being a therapist or were you still like running your companies, doing sales and thinking this is what I'll uh, use yes, it for? Yes, the, the, the latter. I, uh, I was not in the um, mental health business, as it were. Uh, I was um, uh, in the business of business. And so I was using this to uh, advance myself. And uh, help my employees in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Like it helped yourself, and then did you begin to use it with your employees and sales sales force? How did you make the leap to start doing it? With well, other people? Uh, you know, once I started doing it, of course, uh, I guess like any an entrepreneur, so um, uh, dove in, <laughs> you know, head first. Yeah. When uh, I uh, began to uh, really start to uh, ramp up my uh, my skills and utilizing these these methods, um, of course, people started to take notice this because naturally as the head of a company, people look to you uh, for guidance and maybe some new ideas or whatever, because that's your function really when you're leading people. And so um, I started Mm -hmm. to put a few people together, like kind of management people, people who do sales. And uh, I would uh, have, let's say, a meeting slash training for an hour or so uh, on certain mornings. And um, it would be more than just a pep talk because pep talks are, (laughs) they're fine. Uh Uh, But we wanted more than just motivation. We wanted them to be able to use new skill sets. Yes. And uh, so then, by the way, as a result, uh, I had colleagues, uh, business colleagues, uh, who asked that I do that for their salespeople, uh, which... I only did that once or twice for a couple of people because it, it really was just too uh, consuming. <laughs> There's just too much to do. Yeah, right. But you you got the experience of, oh, you know, I, I, it's not just for myself. I get to use this to help other people too, which in turn right. helps the whole company. Exactly. Great. And do you still do that when you're talking about working with sales teams here? Do you still do it um, now on you know the other side I of do, being a I do, but therapist? it's more individual. I, I don't uh, seek out... You know, as part of um, my practice, I don't look to do corporate work per se. Uh, you know, I guess if it comes through mm-hmm. the door, uh, I might consider it. But I, I'm pretty busy, so I, I try not to uh, distract myself too much. So it's usually on an individual basis, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different type of uh, energy that it takes to go out and do the groups and the yeah. corporate and that type of thing versus working with mm-hmm, an individual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I do business partner. Um, uh, one of the things that I do do is a business partner coaching or um, uh, counseling, if you will. There are occasions where hypnosis is useful there too. Can you define that a little more? What do you mean? Well, for example, business uh, partner, like someone who is a partner and struggling with having other well, partners or uh, what do yes, you mean? On my website, I'll for you example, there's, there's, uh, there's a category called business partner coaching or business partner relationship counseling, that type of thing. Uh, so people are in business together. Um, uh, since 
many of us in our profession, yours and mine, will work with couples as well, which is an area that I, I kind of that's a subspecialty of mine. Uh, and because I've been in business, um, I uh, really understand about um, the ins and outs of what it takes to be in business. So there are business partners who are related to each other. They may be husband and wife. Uh, they may mm-hmm. be brother and sister, uh, they may be a father and son, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's a unique kind of coaching, counseling, uh, because they not only have the dynamics between them as relatives or spouses, but they also have the relationship and the roles they play in that relationship in terms of their business. So it is a little bit more complex as a result of that. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, there's all kinds of dynamics that go on there when you're in business with a family member. So do you offer that just for family members or also let's say you have two business partners, but they're friends, right? Like that's often how partnerships come about. Like, dude, let's start this company together and they put their money in and boom, right? You've got a company as well as a lot of personal dynamics <laughs> yeah, that go on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, have, um, I have any number of uh, clients that are um, fit that category, that are friends. They can be friends and uh, they can, uh, or they can be family members. The dynamic of working together in a business is unique. And so, you know, it kind of has mm-hmm. a, a very special quality to it. The truth is that 80% of the Fortune 500 companies in this country started out as mom and pop stores, mom and pop companies, 80%. Wow. Wow. Incredible. So <laughs> it is. I mean, even the Mars company, which is the Mars candy bars, for example, uh, they're wholly owned by uh, privately held. Uh, so there, mm. and it's a multi-billion dollar outfit. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of small that, that look like small companies, but they're not, uh, they're doing very well. Uh, and there's a lot at stake if people are not getting along. Yes. Gotcha. So they come in and work some of that stuff out with you. Yeah. Once in a while I will, I'll have to travel. Uh, to go to their place. But nowadays, because of uh, this great thing that we're using right now, Skype and, uh, you know, these uh, digital Mm -hmm. um, platforms, uh, we, I don't have to, very often, I don't have to leave the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a whole conference call in, right? (laughs) So sometimes they're in different parts of the country, but running a business together as well. So Stan, we're coming to the end of our time here. And I wanted to thank you for being here. I think what you're doing with the sales and the performance and the family business has been really helpful for the listeners and and fascinating, particularly because you have such a, a strong background in that. I have a final question before we wrap up. At what point did you make the leap from business to psychotherapist? Well, um, the truth is I made that leap uh, at a time when I was very stressed out because of business. And uh, at the time, my wife, who's uh, a psychologist, I was putting her through uh, school at the time, and I had my business. And um, there was a downturn in, in cash flow, kind of a big problem mm-hmm. in Manhattan at the time. And um, I was very stressed. So I started um, uh, under her advisement. I started going to a therapist. I uh, realized that uh, it was very interesting and I liked it. And so I started to transition out uh, of business probably after that first year of being in therapy. I decided I'm going to get out of my business and I'm going to start something new. And that's what, that's what I did. Wonderful. When, what year was that? Just to give our 
listeners a timeline. Okay, now I'm going to show you my age. <laughs> that was, <laughs> well, let me see. It, it started back in 1986. Mm-hmm. So that was 1986 uh, when I transitioned. I started to transition from business into the world of counseling, yeah. So you have a good solid um, 20, 30 years of experience here in the field and doing hypnosis, working with people around business and high performance. Yes. In fact, I started in New York City uh, and my practice began in 1989. Wow. In New York City. Wow. I bet mm-hmm. that's pretty different than South Florida. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different market. <laughs> All right. yes. Well, thank you for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Um, I will put how to contact you in the show notes, but why don't you tell people quickly, like where your website is or how to find you if they want to work with you. Oh, sure. Uh, well, you could go to Dr. Stan, D-R, Stan Hyman, dot com, Dr. Stan Hyman, dot com, and look at my website. Uh, my office, uh, I've been in Aventura, which is North Florida. Uh, I should say the northern part South of Florida. Uh, Miami, <laughs> yeah, South Florida, right. <laughs> the northern part of Miami-Dade County, uh, since um, my practice has been there since 1992. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. was Stan Hyman. I loved hearing how he originally got into hypnosis. He was not a psychologist. He got into it to improve his sales and was attracted by this guy working with Mike Tyson and saying, okay, if someone can work with Mike Tyson, like certainly they can help me, right? (laughs) And I hear this over and over from people who do hypnosis who later go on to become certified they often get into hypnosis by personal experience. So it sounds like that was a fun weekend for him based on uh, what he said, the the guy's show hypnosis background, right? And then how he was teaching clinical hypnosis, how to up your sales game. I loved hearing some of the details about how he works with his clients to help them perform better, whether that's in athletics, sales, you know, just their, their casual golf game, whatever that is how he helps them perform better. The business coaching part, that is such a specialty and it's so, so needed. There's just all kinds of things that happen in a business partnership when you're running a business together and making all kinds of decisions that affect sometimes hundreds, thousands of people. Sometimes it's much smaller than that, but certainly affect people's livelihood. I think that's such a valuable service to give to people and such a good fit for him considering his business background. So that's it for this week, people. I hope you have a wonderful week. Peace. If you like this episode, do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever player you like, or even better, tell a friend 
so that more and more people learn about hypnosis and how it can be helpful for them. If you want to know more about me, head over to drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-A-Z, hypnosis.com. You can see the downloads and see if there's one that's helpful for your life. Or you could also join the newsletter and get a couple of free files, as well as lots of good content. I've written a newsletter for well over 10 years. Go ahead and subscribe and join the rest of the world. All right, people, have a wonderful week.